an entire podcast about bananas and ice cream, and yet not even a mention of banana splits. How is this even possible? Find out in this episode of Tabletop Tastes, the importance of a dynamic arc in board games. My name is Nick Murray, and this is the Bitewing Games Podcast. Welcome to Tabletop Tastes, my favorite flavors in board games. This is a series where we spend each episode diving deep into an essential element of game design. For hobbyist gamers, this series will help you explore your own tastes in the hobby and perhaps discover your next favorite game that fits those tastes. For game designers, this series will offer you more tools to add to your utility belt and metrics to measure your projects by. While this is our first episode of Tabletop Tastes on the podcast, this is actually our 10th episode of Tabletop Tastes within the series. That's right, our blog already has nine episodes of Tabletop Tastes, and if you're much of a reader, you can always go back and check those out. The flavors that we've already featured on the blog include spicy tension, salty player interaction, savory thoughtful production, crunchy meaningful decisions, Juicy theme-inspired mechanisms, crisp elegance, sweet evocative art, fresh downtime, and a clean setup and teardown. But don't worry, you don't need to catch up on all of those to be able to follow what's happening in this episode, number 10, A Dynamic Arc. And who knows, maybe if I find some spare time, I'll go back and record all of those other nine episodes for your listening pleasure. Either way, let's dive into tabletop taste number 10. A dynamic arc. I have a confession to make. I can't finish bananas. Even though I enjoy peeling back a ripe one and diving into those initial bites, I almost always hit a wall. At some point I look down at those last few bites and my body suddenly tells me, please make it stop. I completely lose my appetite for the fruit and reluctantly end up tossing the remains in the trash. Is this true for anyone else? Am I crazy here? How can something start out so enjoyable and prematurely end so unappetizing? My theory is that it must be related to that mushy, potassium-induced sameness that comes from each bite. That's right, I think each bite of a banana is too samey. Let's contrast this repetitive banana with a nice, dynamic pint of ice cream. Imagine with me a classic pint of Ben & Jerry's, or perhaps the incomparable Jenny's my personal favorite brand of ice cream. Either way, do you recall how the experience starts out? First, you pry off the lid. Second, you scrape the thin layer of ice cream from the top of the lid for a small, supple appetizer. Third, you dive into the pint itself. Having just taken the ice cream out of the freezer, you chip away at the rock-hard surface for even the tiniest morsels of that frozen goodness. It's nearly too cold to even taste, but you don't care, and you simply can't be bothered with waiting for it to warm up. But of course, over time, the ice cream begins to soften up as you clutch the pint in your cold, hungry fingers. The bites become bigger, softer, and more flavorful. Soon, your taste buds are reading at maximum saturation as the temperature hits that beautifully sweet spot. What's this? 
you're nearing the bottom of the pints, and the edges of the ice cream are melty and liquidized, yet dripping with deliciousness. But you can't allow the pint to get too melty. No, time is of the essence, and this ice cream is ripe for the finishing. What once was a slow, melodic waltz becomes a frenzying race to consume every last bite before it becomes too much of a drink. Downward you go, digging, scraping, and slurping until finally it is finished. You've just completed a delectably satisfying arc of the pint. Do you now see the difference between the banana and the pint of ice cream? One is excruciatingly unchanged in its consumption, presenting nothing new or exciting or compelling to bring you back for another bite. The other is dynamically satisfying in its consumptive journey, ramping up slowly, reaching a peak of perfection, then urging you beyond your stomach's limitations in a downhill rush to the finish. In this sense, the best board games are also like pints of ice cream, containing a dynamic and engaging arc. Meanwhile, the games that are like bananas usually get the big boot from my collection. One big banana game that I played in 2019 was Dead Man's Cabal. While it had an interesting decisions and an eye-catching production, the biggest knock against our experience with it was simply how samey every round felt. The central goal is to pick up and place goals that line up and meet the requirements of a point card. There are, of course, actions you can take and secondary points you can pursue, but nothing felt evolving. We couldn't get ourselves to play another game after our first go, as the cycle of using skulls to get point cards grew stale within a single play. One of the masters of dynamic arcs is Reiner Kinesia. Typically, his games start out wide open. Place a tile anywhere, there are loads of good options. Or, play any card from your hand, it's hard to choose wrong. Yet as the tiles or cards start going out, you begin to see long-term strategies and short-term opportunities emerging for each player, like the curling liquid of the melting ice cream against the walls of the pint container. Things start to get even more deliciously interesting. Tile chains gather momentum, card types gain purpose, and decisions grow in importance. Players never have enough actions that they desperately wish they could take on their turns and they must clench their butt cheeks between turns as they pray that no opponent swoops in and snatches away the next golden opportunity. In this sense, Reiner is like the Ben and Jerry's of the board game industry. His pints of play are consistently satisfying and evolvingly interesting from start to finish. Another banana I recently discovered was Raiders of the North Sea. While the game has a novel mechanism of placing a worker and picking up a worker to take your actions, this loop grew old for me over its 80 minutes of play. Over the course of the game, players see themselves reaching more expensive action spaces and thereby raking in more points and resources. But a ramp up in cost, points, and resources is like a bump in the sidewalk, hardly noticeable to the average cyclist who is looking for a thrill. These superficial changes do little to differentiate the rounds of play. Contrast this worker placement game to another one. A Feast for Odin. Uwe Rosenberg's sprawling Viking Euro starts players off with something like negative 60 points on their personal boards that they must cover up over the course of the game. The opening round starts off slow, 
and methodical, with players earning a small handful of tiny tiles to help them cover up the first of many spaces on their boards. Ironically, early game is often the best time to acquire another player board, with even more negative points that must be covered. As the rounds march onward, players gain more Vikings to spend on stronger and more numerous action spaces. Animals, income, and bonuses have a snowball effect that helps players to accelerate their economy. When the final round nears, the game becomes a race to cover every negative point that you've neglected the entire game as you greedily pursued the many other dangling carrots. This arc that starts with precarious investments and baby step turns, snowballs into huge gains of tiles and profitable tile arrangements, and concludes with a race to maximize points and cover nasty spaces is an arc that keeps this relatively solitaire game dynamic and interesting throughout. From a design perspective, lack of a dynamic arc is one of the most consistent problems I've seen in some of my prototypes and other designers' prototypes. It can be easy to get lost in the minor problems, suggestions, and improvements amid a playtesting session, but smooth gameplay and novel mechanisms can only carry a design so far. I recently found myself offering up a bunch of random ideas after a playtesting another person's design. But toward the end of the discussion, I took a step back from my minor complaints and suddenly realized that they were all part of a bigger problem, a missing game arc. If the designer could stay focused on giving the game a satisfying arc, then the obvious changes and best ideas would likely just fall into place. Perhaps the most visible form of a gameplay arc is an engine builder. If players feel their actions and choices are gaining momentum and value, then their engagement with the game tends to grow in parallel to this progress. Yet, like the countless flavors of Ben & Jerry's ice cream, there are plenty of other ways to give a game a dynamic arc. A race, where the stakes ramp up as the finish line nears. An evolving game board or player area, where a network sprawls out, or the opportunities narrow inward. The formation of shaky alliances to bring down the dominant leader. The development of bitter rivals in competition for dwindling resources. The unfolding of secrets and uncovering of information in a game of deduction containing multiple acts in a single game. The possibilities go on, yet the pattern for success is the same. If the turns or rounds all feel roughly the same, then you have yourself a boring banana. Good luck pitting that against a dynamic pint of ice cream. Of course, if I'm hungry enough, and the bland samey food is quite filling, then you might catch me eating it anyway. But that's a subject for next Tabletop taste. Number 11, Filling Turns. You've been listening to another episode of the Bytewing Games podcast. But what is Bytewing Games? We are hobbyist gamers and game designers who also just happen to be dentists. In dentistry, a Bytewing is an x-ray that allows us to analyze and view a tooth in a different way than is seen with the naked eye. Our goal is to create games and provide information that, much like an x-ray, will provide you with a unique perspective and new experience. We're aiming to launch our first publication in 2021. All the while, we'll continue to bring you classic content to satisfy your board game cravings through our podcast, blog, and YouTube channel. So subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on social media, and stay tuned for exciting things to come.